0: Welcome, everyone, to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley, a national news and talk program dedicated to military veterans issues. And now, your hosts, David Corey and Richard Hurley. Good evening. Welcome to the Veterans News Hour for Monday, February 14, 2022. Happy Valentine's Day. This is Air Force veteran David Corey, my usual co-host, Richard Hurley. Uh, can't be with us uh, this evening, kind of short notice. I uh, hope he's feeling better. Uh, he'll be back with us uh, next Monday, though. He's got a special guest, Jason White. Uh, Jason was first on our show about five years ago, uh, telling us about uh, his experiences with um the PTSD Foundation of America, and Camp Hope in Houston, Texas. Jason uh, is a Marine Corps veteran and uh, served two combat tours. He'll be with us uh, next week to discuss his experiences. He's with an organization now uh, that uh, addresses PTSD issues and uh, doing great work. So we'll look forward to that. Tonight I have a lot of uh, news, some very uh, up-to-date news as well as information that uh, is kind of ongoing information. Hopefully, it'll be of interest to veterans and their families. Talking about um, uh, issues such as uh, toxic uh, exposure, uh, PTSD issues, homelessness issues, and uh, a number of other issues. So, so uh, stay tuned. But uh, before I get to that, I'd like to remind everyone: of course, this is a call-in show. We welcome your comments, your questions, your observations. So, if you have any. Give us a call the next uh fifty minutes or so. Our toll free call in number is one eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight. Again, nationwide toll free call in number. We'd like to hear from you. It's one eight 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 six two seven six thousand eight. Uh I want to start off uh, this evening news with uh something that hit my uh email inbox this morning and uh, I think uh, many veterans will find this uh, of interest. The, uh, As you know, the the VA's regulations that govern disability compensation are very complex, very detailed. Uh, for those that uh, work with them or that may be interested, you're familiar with that, but they can be found in Title 38 and of uh, the Code of Federal Regulations. Um, I also like to say it's a very effective cure for insomnia. If you have trouble sleeping at night, just uh, start perusing the Code of Federal Regulations and it will uh, will help you with that. But on a serious note, <clears throat> uh, the VA, as many veterans already know, periodically updates the rating schedule, the criteria used to, um, to assign uh, a, a number which translates into disability compensations for literally hundreds of conditions and disabilities and illnesses. And uh, as part of that continuing uh, evolution of these regulations, uh, this morning I got an email, uh, uh, something that I track I by subscription from the Federal Register. The website is federalregister.gov. That's easy to remember. But I subscribed to changes through that website, changes from the Department of Veteran Affairs. And uh, this morning I saw that... Uh, they sent out an email that t- tomorrow, February the 15th, they're scheduled to publish um, two major proposed changes. Now, keep in mind the key word here is proposed. They're not going into effect tomorrow, but they are starting the process of, of formally changing these criteria for two uh, broad categories. Um, one is for mental disorder post-traumatic stress, depression, anxiety, any mental disorder which can be service connected, undergoing a major change. So, <clears throat> tomorrow, the VA will officially publish that proposal, and then, as part of, you know, the regulation process in our government, uh, they have to give uh, the public uh, 60 days, sometimes longer, uh but in this case the proposal says 60 days from publication which will be tomorrow for the public to comment and what i expect there will be lots of comments from veteran groups veteran advocates and veteran them, veterans themselves uh it's uh it's really a major overhaul of of the rating criteria for mental disorders uh, many people have criticized the current ones for being rather vague and subject to Subjective interpretation, so that some veteran may think that his his uh, post traumatic stress symptoms warrant, uh, you know, a, a disability rating of fifty, and the VA might say no, only a ten percent rating. We see that all the time. A lot of appeals on these kinds of issues. So this uh, this major overhaul of the what they call the schedule for rating disabilities of mental disorders. Again, it will be published. The proposal will be published tomorrow. Uh, February the 15th, the um, the document itself is 32 pages. I'm certainly not going to read it all here to you. Uh, a large part of it is sort of the background of why the VA believes these changes are necessary, um, the experts and their reports and studies that have formed the basis for these changes. But then it also does provide the specific wording for the proposed changes in, in the regulations, again, 38, uh, Code of Federal Regulations, Title 38, uh, specifically sections, uh, 4.126, the evaluations of disabilities for mental disorders, and 4.130, which is the schedule of uh, ratings, among other changes. And basically the major change, uh, if it becomes final, which might be, um, you know, months from now, is that they're going to uh rate uh, the or evaluate the mental disorder uh based on the the intensity of the symptoms and also the frequency of the symptoms uh, categorized into four I'm sorry five different uh, major areas of functioning or what the VA calls domains and those include those five Areas of functioning include cognition, basically how a person understands and communicates. The second is interpersonal interactions and relationships, how they interact with people and participate in society. The third is uh, task completion and life activities. Are they able to do those things? To what extent? The fourth is navigating environments. In other words, just getting around in life. And then the fifth uh area of functioning is self care are they able to take care of themselves basically so what this new evaluation scheme will do is to look at these five areas of functioning look at the intensity and the frequency of these psychiatric sympt- symptoms and then the the rating formula has different levels of severity from a minimal rating which might be 10% all the way up to the 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 worst, the most incapacitating severity, which would be 100% uh, disability compensation. So I wanted to bring this to your attention. Um, those of you that might be veteran service officers or work for a veteran organization, you want to be aware of this because, like I say, once this proposal is published tomorrow, February the 15th, there's going to be a 60-day window of time uh, to provide comments and, uh, you can go to the website federalregister.gov and, uh, look up the agency, you know, the Veteran Affairs Department and you'll find this. Uh, so it's really important. The other major category, and they lumped all these into another announcement, which will be tomorrow, a 77 page, uh, proposal. Again, scheduled, uh, publication date is tomorrow, uh, February the 15th. And this is to modify the, Schedule for Rating Disabilities for um, ears, nose, throat, um, audiology disabilities, as well as respiratory uh, symptoms and respiratory conditions. So very complex, quite a few different things lumped together in this in this other uh, proposal. So again, check those out. You can go to federalregister.gov, and there's a number of ways on that website you can search for uh, the Department of Veteran Affairs, and then you sh- should see those tomorrow. If for some reason you get lost on the website, uh, just send me an email. I'll be happy to uh, email you a copy of these uh, proposals, and I'll email you the link, actually. Uh, my email address, uh, if you grab a pen and paper, just shoot me an email, and I'll be happy to send this to you uh, tomorrow, is uh, lawcorey1 at Verizon.net. That's uh Law Cory One L A W C O R Y the number one at Verizon dot uh, <clears throat> and uh, like I say I'll be happy to send you copies of one or both of these um, proposals but it is very important and um, it's, these are just the latest of sort of ongoing proposed changes uh, by the V A in this rating schedule which is very important because it affects uh, how veterans that, that have these disabilities, how they're rated, which translates into their compensation. And veterans are not going to get rich on this, and, and, and you know, it, but it, it's re- usually a matter of the VA seem, seeming to have a tendency to, uh, to lowball these ratings, to under-evaluate the severity of ratings, so that, uh, veterans that really are significantly incapacitated, uh, are, are not being fairly compensated to the extent that these disabilities affect their their lives, not just how they interact with other people socially, but whether they can work and how much they can work. So this is really important stuff. Um, and if you're really interested in, into this thing, if you're, particularly if you're a veteran service officer or veteran advocate, um, consider signing up at federalregister.gov. You can sign up for uh, you know an email subscription so that you get automatic notices. And I get these. Um, these emails for from just from the VA's proposals uh practically every day they don't all deal with the disability program they may deal with things on the uh health benefits side of the VA as opposed to the uh, or the healthcare side as opposed to the disability compensation but there's there's constant uh changes which you know it's tough to keep up with them but that's that's the great thing about these uh email subscription services they help you keep up with these, you don't have to look. They just send the information to you. You can quickly skim it and see, yeah, this is something that's I need to know more about and look, in, look into it from uh, from there. So that's big news. Again, uh, these are the VA's proposed rules. They're not going to be final tomorrow, but they're going to be – the official publication date will be tomorrow. What they typically do, I find, is they'll send out these notices the day before publication just saying, hey, tomorrow we're going to be publishing these proposals so be on the lookout but meanwhile you can download uh you know a pdf copy of these regulations uh if you're interested in that so uh that's the first item of news um next item that i have uh is a topic that we've covered many times over the last five years on the show want to give you an update on some legislation and that is the issue of um toxic contamination, toxic exposure where our veterans um, have been exposed to contamination, different types of contamination, and have become sick or even died from it. And uh it's it's the issue of, you know, what's Congress doing uh to make sure that the law addresses these problems. And uh you know, we've had guests over the last five years talking about um Agent Orange issues from Vietnam veterans to more recent the you know the more recent wars in the last twenty years of open air burn pits but also other forms of toxic uh, exposure and uh it brings me to to this there's uh an op ed in in the hill uh publication yes uh, well February the eleventh three days ago from um, the House Committee on Veteran Affairs Chairman Mark DeCano from uh, California, uh, who was discussing, in his view, the urgent need to address toxic exposure as a cost of war, and urging people, and also urging his fellow members of, of Congress, uh, to pass some legislation. Uh, the title of the bill is called Honoring Our Pact Act. Uh, and the full name of that is Honoring Our PACT, P-A-C-T, stands for Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxics Acts. So that's H.R. 3967 in the U.S. House of Representatives. And as I say, um, Congressman Takano is the, is the uh, chairman of the House Committee on Veteran Affairs. Their website is veterans.house.gov, and uh, they have a news a press release section. You can read more about it, but basically in his op-ed, he discusses this because addressing this toxic exposure issue was among the top priorities, uh, for, uh, you know, the Veteran Committee, Veteran Affairs Committee, House and Senate, during the current 117th Congress. And it's a bipartisan, um, uh, bill. It has, uh, close to 80 co-sponsors. It has the support of nine major veteran service organizations so it's definitely worth uh, worth considering is it totally perfect uh, well no legislation is but it really is if passed would make significant uh, progress in this regard I, and I just want to quote from uh, just a few items from congressman takano's uh, <clears throat> editorial to give you some context uh, to this bill and why he's trying to uh, bring this to the public's attention, because uh, you know we're in 2022. This legislation was was proposed, um, you know, last year, went to committee, and, and uh, I think was got out of committee, but it's just sitting there. There's been no action, and I think the reason is it comes down to a big thing that drives a lot of things in Washington D.C., which is uh, money. So here are a few um, of the main points in uh, Congressman Takano's uh, op-ed. And I'll quote, he says, Over the past 20 years, our country has recruited, trained, equipped, and deployed over 3 million service members across the globe. In that period, we spent $6.4 trillion on weapons and contingency operations while sending service members into harm's way. But so far, Congress has yet to address and acknowledge that the loss of lives and financial costs incurred during this time were only part of the true cost of war. America's message to toxic, exposed service members and veterans has been simple. We thank you for your service, but the price tag for addressing your exposure is just too high. As Congressman Takana goes on to say, quote, we made a promise to our service members that we would care for them when they came home. But when millions of service members were exposed to toxic substances and got sick, they learned they didn't have access to the care and benefits they were entitled to. For too long, Congress and the Department of Veteran Affairs have been slow to act on toxic exposure, citing high costs or lack of absolute scientific proof. The result? A broken promise and a disability benefits claims process that is cumbersome and places the burden to prove toxic exposure on the veterans. The Honoring Our PACT Act can change that. And again, that's H.R. 3967. Congressman Takano goes on to say, quote, Recently, I asked toxic exposed veterans to share their experiences with Congress. The feedback was overwhelming. Over 900 responses in three weeks from veterans in 49 states. I heard heart-wrenching stories from veterans who detailed how toxic exposures could overwhelm the senses. Veterans described feeling, quote, like a nuisance to the VA health system, unquote, while trying to rightfully claim the care they were promised. I heard from a grieving widow shocked that she, quote, should have to bury her 22-year-old husband because of the exposure to unsafe conditions while in service to this country, unquote. Congressman Takana goes on to say in his op-ed, quote, My bipartisan bill finally provides access to VA healthcare to over 3.5 million veterans exposed to toxic substances. It would require that VA presume veterans were exposed to toxic substances rather than forcing veterans to prove this themselves. It makes crucial improvements to improve VA's review process so that Congress doesn't have to keep intervening. With the support of veteran service organizations, advocates John Stewart and John Field, and over 70 co-sponsors, this legislation has the momentum. Congress just needs to find the will to do what is right. Cries for offsets and pay-fors did not stop Congress from passing a $1.9 trillion tax cut for corporations and the wealthy in 2017. We know Congress is willing to find money when it wants to, as it demonstrated by adding $25 billion above the president's request to the last national defense authorization. Congressman Takana goes on to state, and I quote, Some of my colleagues seem reticent to foot the bill for toxic, exposed veterans. But just like the oath service members took to protect and defend our nation, we made a promise We don't hesitate to fund the Department of Defense, and we shouldn't try to pinch pennies when it comes to covering the check for toxic exposed veterans. We cannot renege on our responsibility because of perceived sticker shock. Vietnam veterans waited more than 40 years for benefits related to Agent Orange exposure because of Congress's piecemeal solutions. We can't accept legislative half measures that narrow benefits for some veterans and may exclude others altogether. Our service members and veterans have waited too long to simply watch Congress trade away the promise of comprehensive toxic exposure legislation in favor of a limited extension of benefits. Toxic exposed veterans have held up their part of the pact. They deserve more than thank yous and patriotic displays on Veterans Day. They deserve our action. We made a promise to deliver this legislation, and I intend to keep that promise, unquote. So those are the highlights from Congressman Takano's uh, op-ed. You can find more on uh, the, the committee's uh, website, which is veterans.house.gov. And again, the legislation is called Honoring Our Pact at. And that's HR 3967. So it's, it couldn't be simpler to contact your representative in the House of Representatives and your two U.S. Senators. Go to house.gov and senate.gov and, uh, they've got search engines there. You can easily find, uh, you know, your representative and senators. And then they have links. You can just send them an email through their, through their websites and let them know that uh this is legislation that they need to get behind and support um, again, like the Vietnam veterans have found took decades of fighting the v a and fighting Congress uh to get recognition, some of those battles are still being fought up in recent years they still are on for some, <clears throat> and uh we're concerned that uh you know that Congress is just going to repeat itself, you know, the the post 9/11 wars. 20 years. So there are there are veterans that uh, came home from Afghanistan, you know, last August as the troops finally left, but there are veterans that served back in 2001 and the early years of those wars. Uh, you know, that have been separated out of the military for many, many years now. And uh, they're older, and many of them are quite sick. Some have died from these cancers. So anyway, take the time, uh, and especially if you're a veteran service officer or advocate, um, you know, check this out and uh, help drum up uh, support you know for that legislation. There's a lot of other legislation too which I'll talk about towards the end of the show. I'll give you some links on how to uh, keep up to date with other bills. But again, if you have any thoughts or comments on uh, on these items of news, give us a call our nationwide toll-free number here on the Veterans News Hour on BBS Radio Station 1 is 1-888-627-6008. Again, Veterans News Hour, nationwide toll-free call-in number 1-888 Okay, going on to some other uh, related uh, news, some items that we've talked about in some of the past uh, shows, uh, they do include uh, fairly recent changes to the rules uh, involving Agent Orange. Uh, last year, the VA added three more presumptive conditions to the Agent Orange exposure list uh, this expands the already somewhat lengthy list uh, that can benefit uh, veterans and survivors of veterans. Uh, the three most recent conditions added to the list are bladder cancer, hypothyroidism, and Parkinsonism. The list is rather long uh, about this. If you go to um, publichealth.va.gov and do the search for Agent Orange, you'll find a lot of information uh, both medical information but also practical information if you're interested in filing a disability compensation claim. Uh, but uh, a lot of veterans from Vietnam, as well as veterans that served in other parts of the world where, where there was um, Agent Orange and other defoliants used, uh, for instance, some parts of um, Thailand, some parts of Korea, even some places... In the United States where Agent Orange was stored and used. Uh, so it's, um, you're often associated with the Vietnam because of the, the extensive use for many years, but uh, there are some veterans that uh, didn't serve in Vietnam but were affected by Agent Orange and other defoliants that uh, that are covered by this. So again, good website is publichealth.va.gov and do the search for, for Agent Orange. Another um, uh, contamination issues, one we've highlighted on the show before, but it's worth uh, repeating because there are people out there that may not have heard this news, or just a reminder for those that you may be regular listeners to help pass this information on. And those are for those that served at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune or Marine Corps Air Station New River in North Carolina. Uh, if, if you served at those installations... Between August of 1953 and December 1987, that's a long period of time. August of fifty three, that's the tail end of the Korean War, to December 1987, which was, you know, towards the end of the Reagan administration. You know, it's now it's 30, 34 years ago, but still there's a lot of veterans uh, alive that served there and if um, if you've been diagnosed with one or more of uh, of a rather long list of conditions then uh, and if and if you served those installations for at least 30 cumulative days doesn't have to be consecutive but cumulative days during those years then you may be depending on what the disease is you may be entitled to uh healthcare benefits from the VA disability compensation or both uh, the two lists are somewhat different, which shows the sort of the 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 strange way that that ideas and rules become law in this country. Some of these rules were enacted by uh, statutes passed by Congress. Those dealing with uh, healthcare benefits, legislation passed, I think, in 2012. And there's a list of 15, 15 conditions, and then in uh, about 2017. The VA itself, as a administrative agency, published regulations based on powers they had from Congress and statutes. And they have a much shorter list of eight conditions that are the presumptive list for disability compensation. Again, you can get a lot of information uh, from uh, VA.gov and the search engine. Just type in Camp Lejeune and, uh, It'll bring you to the pages that, that go into far more detail than I have time to discuss tonight. But, uh, this is very important information for Marine Corps veterans, uh, as well as their, their family members, uh, because family members, uh, obviously affected too. They may have been living in, uh, in base housing and drinking and, uh, cooking with and, and, uh, bathing, and showering with this, uh, this, this toxic, uh, water and not aware of it, but developed any of these conditions. And uh, that's where the VA may pay out-of-pocket health care costs uh, for any of those conditions. The, the list for health care, as I say, is longer. It has 15 conditions on it. Go through it here quickly for you. Uh, but the rule is basically for veterans who served at Camp Lejeune or, or uh, New River, for at least 30 days between August of 53, December of 1987, as well as their family members can get healthcare benefits, uh, related to healthcare costs, out-of-pocket healthcare costs, related to any of the following 15 conditions. Uh, bladder cancer, breast cancer, esophageal cancer, female infertility, hepatic steatosis, kidney cancer, leukemia, lung cancer, miscarriage, multiple myeloma, mild dysplastic syndromes, neurobehavioral effects, which is rather broad, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, renal toxicity, uh, scleroderma. So that's a long list. I don't expect you to write those down when I'm it's just a reading so quickly, but there it's at va.gov and search engine for Camp Lejeune. For disability compensation, where the VA will essentially presume that uh, that these conditions were service-connected, again, if you served at Lejeune or New River, at least 30 days between August 53, December 87, between those years in that time frame, and you were diagnosed with uh, one or more of the following eight, they'll presume those are service-connected and pay you disability compensation, depending on the severity of, uh, of the illness. Uh, and those are adult leukemia, um, aplastic anemia, and other myelodysplastic syndromes, bladder cancer, kidney cancer, liver cancer, multiple myeloma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and Parkinson's disease. And it doesn't matter if you were um, active duty or in the reserves or or in the Guard, uh, but if you were at Lejeune, even if you weren't in the Marine Corps, if you were in another branch of, of the service, you know, let's say you were in the Navy or some other branch and you were there temporary duty, the key is at least 30 cumulative days in that uh, slightly more than 20, four year window of time it's important information uh, uh, to know <clears throat> so that's uh, that's our wrap up for this evening on some of the toxic exposure issues um, again uh, check out um, at uh, the website veterans.house.gov which is uh, US House Representatives Committee on Veteran Affairs. Their information there on HR 3967, which is major. It's a massive bill that dealing with um, a lot of toxic exposure issues, not just the open air burn pits, but many other related toxic exposure. Pretty comprehensive uh, bill. So get behind it if you can and and support it. So all right, moving on to some other uh, news. An issue that we've talked about uh, many times on the show. It's a problem that affects Uh, You know, most Americans, cities, towns, and states, and certainly not just the veteran population, that's the issue of homelessness. But the VA, as well as the Department of Housing and Urban Development, has has worked together on this issue. And uh, in a news release this past week, the VA mentioned that as part of its continuing work towards ending veteran homelessness, uh, the VA is participating in the 2022, what they call the point-in-time count, that's led by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development this winter to try to estimate um, the number of people, including the number of veterans, living in America without safe, stable housing. Now, the the data collected from this annual point-in-time count is used to conduct, um, you know, various analyses. And also to form the basis for distributing money, uh, specifically things like Department of Housing and Urban Development and VA supportive housing vouchers to partnering public housing authorities and VA medical centers across the country. Trying to determine, you know, what cities and states have the worst homeless issues, uh, and they're, so they're trying to target uh, those housing vouchers to where they're most needed. Makes sense. Glad they're taking that approach. In this press release, VA Secretary Dennis McDonough said, and I quote, sustainable housing is directly tied to positive health outcomes and the annual point-in-time count is integral in helping us gain a better understanding of the challenges homeless veterans face. The economic crisis resulting from COVID-19 has increased the need for outreach to these priority groups, and we will continue to identify homeless and at-risk veterans throughout the country in need of supportive services, unquote. Uh, The number of veterans experiencing homelessness in the U.S. has, according to the VA, declined by nearly half since 2011, so basically the last 10 years, with more than 920,000 veterans and their family members permanently housed or prevented from becoming homeless. If if you're a veteran who's experiencing or at risk of becoming homeless, or you know some veterans that are, um, contact a local VA medical center for assistance. And their VA medical centers are, you know, in most major cities, but even in many small towns, there are VA uh, clinics. And if you can't find them easily, but you have access to the internet, go to va.gov, and there are locators on that website. You can find the nearest VA facility. But you can't do that, they have a nationwide toll-free number, the National Call Center for Homeless Veterans. If you want to write this down, it's 1-877-424-3838. Uh, again, the National Call Center for Homeless Veterans is 1-877-424-3838, which those numbers spell out the words for the number four, aid Vet, A-I-D-V-E-T, 877-424-3838. So the VA and Housing and Urban Development invested a lot of funds in trying to address this problem of veteran uh, homelessness. So makes sense. Help spread the word. Use those resources. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's move on to the next topic we have here of news. And this is um, somewhat related on the issue of housing. Not, not specifically for homeless veterans, but for seriously disabled uh, service members and veterans who are trying to live more independently in their homes, but because of their sevil- severe disabilities, they need more a- adaptive uh, equipment in their homes. So the VA spends a lot of money on this issue, folks. It's uh, Hopefully it's translating into some positive outcomes. In another press release recently, the VA announced that it has specially adapted housing-assisted technology grants available for fiscal year 2022, that's this year, to develop new technologies that enhance the ability of seriously disabled service members and veterans to live more independently. Uh, The VA is encouraging researchers, organizations, and individual technology developers to apply for these grants at the website grants.gov. Couldn't it be easier to remember than that? Grants.gov. And these grants are called uh, specially adapted housing assisted technology (S.A.H.A.T.) grants. And uh, the VA is encouraging people to apply by uh, midnight Eastern Time, March the 11th. So a little less than a month away. And the grants are to develop specially adapted housing assisted technologies that will improve the livability of veterans' adapted residences. Uh, since 2016. The VA, when the VA awarded its first grant of this nature, so the VA has awarded 32, I'm sorry, 22 grants. And to date, these grants have resulted in the introduction of new products to the accessibility industry used to improve the lives of veterans and beyond that, hopefully, the larger population. They include things such as uh, artificial intelligence powered mobile scanners and readers enabling blind and visually impaired users to read text independently. Also, um, smart guidance, which includes a customized disability-adapted bathroom module designed to bring users closer to independent living by providing a safer bathroom environment and permitting home care. And also robotic overbed tables for beds, recliners, and wheelchairs, allowing users to independently deploy, position, and store mobile devices using accessible switches or a remote from a bed or a chair. These are all important things to help people uh, continue to be um, as independent as they possibly can. Uh, according to uh, Principal Deputy Under Secretary for Benefits Mike Frew, uh, quote, awarding up to $200,000 for a grant to develop technology will ultimately help make homes more livable for seriously disabled veterans and service members. So this is a good thing. Again, for more information uh, to learn about these specially adapted housing grants, you can go to the website va.gov and just do a search for Specially Adapted Housing. And you can also go to the website grants.gov. And if, if you're in this field, it's something you can do. Then, uh, again, the deadline, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, March the 11th, to apply for this uh, Specially Adapted Housing Assisted Technology grant. So it's a, it's a big deal for those in this field uh, that have the smarts to develop this sort of stuff to help people. So, look into it or pass on the information if you can. Alright, again, uh, any callers, any, anyone with comments or questions, our toll-free call-in number is one 627 6008 here on the Veterans News Hour. Turning into our next, uh, item of news, uh, the VA announced this past week that the, the VA's National Chaplain Service which provides many important services for veterans, that they're teaming up with the Civil Air Patrol Chaplain Corps to expand veterans' families' access to qualified religious or faith leaders uh, during uh, memorial services held at VA cemeteries. Uh, The VA's National Chaplain Service provides administrative support, training, and other services to assist Civil Air Patrol supporting uh, VA national cemeteries and providing chaplain coverage when a VA chaplain is not available. This is a very important service. It's good to see that they're working together, the VA and the Civil Air Patrol. Uh, according to the VA chaplain program manager, Chad Maxey, quote, the partnership implemented in December of 2021 came about from increased requests from family members asking for chaplain support during burial services at the uh, VA cemeteries. Working with Civil Air Patrol expands our ability to provide trained chaplains, whether from VA or Civil Air Patrol, to veterans' families when they need it most, Every VA medical center has chaplain services available to veterans and their families that provide a broad spectrum of religious traditions. Family members of veterans may request chaplain support through their local VA chaplain service uh, when scheduling a, a burial. Our chaplains stand ready to help families honor the memory and legacy of their loved ones, said Civil Air Patrol National Commander Major General Edward D. Falco. We look forward to working with VA in support of this noble mission. So it's a, it's a great thing to see these different organizations, uh, working together on something that, uh, will benefit, uh, veterans and their, and their families. Uh, so. Alright, uh, other items of, uh, of news. Uh, this is, um, a repeat item, help us spread the word on this, this will affect thousands of veterans, those suffering from certain respiratory conditions uh, that served um, in Southwest Asia. The VA began processing, about six months ago, new disability claims for asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis on a presumptive basis, based on a presumed um, particulate matter exposure during military service in Southwest Asia and certain other areas if the conditions manifest themselves within 10 years of a qualifying period of military service the va announced these rules last year after uh you know internal va review process to look at scientific evidence and uh, based on the va's evaluation of of uh reports from the national academies of science engineering and medicine and other evidence so this will uh, help veterans uh, who suffer from chronic asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis? They served in Southwest Asia, beginning August 2nd, 1990, all the way to the present time. August 2nd, as you know, was the beginning of Operation Desert Shield, as well as in the post Afghanistan. I'm sorry, post 9/11 wars, which include not just um, you know Saudi Arabia. And other Arabian Peninsula nations and Iraq, but also Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, Syria, and Djibouti beginning September 19, 2001 to the present, the so-called post-9-11 areas. So, uh, some of you may have already see, received letters from the VA on these issues, um, but if not, uh, be proactive and reach out. Uh, if you need representatives, there are a lot of veteran service organizations that can help you. And uh, <clears throat> make sure you file a claim as soon as you can. All right. Um, in other news, and this is uh, somewhat related to the toxic exposure issues that I've been talking about, the National Veterans Legal Services Program, NVLSP.org, wants veterans and their families to know that it is a new dedicated program to help veterans and their survivors, and it's called the Burn Pits Claims Assistance Program or Burn Pits CAP for Claims Assistance Program. It will assist veterans and their survivors um, when the veterans were exposed to toxic emissions from burn pits while serving overseas, and uh, they'll do so by representing them on disability claims before the VA. Uh, this Assistance program is really a natural extension of the National Veterans Legal Services Program. Uh, legal expertise over the last 40 plus years to help veterans. The NVLSP has a really outstanding record of not only helping individual veterans, but also large cl- groups of veterans. And they've done so with, uh, with some of the m- most significant class action lawsuits, uh, for veterans um, of of all generations of veterans, as well as you know, not just for VA benefits, disability compensation, but many other issues, healthcare and other issues. So, if you want more information about this particular program, the Burn Pits Claims Assistance Program, go to the website nvlsp.org. That's nvlsp for National Veterans Legal Services Program. Um, they provide, uh, individual help, but also very proactive on class action lawsuits. And another of their class action cases, uh, that's really timely for a lot of, uh, severely disabled veterans and their caregivers, uh, involves the, the VA's family caregiver program full name of that program is um, the Program of Comprehensive Assistance for Family Caregivers. Most people just call it by the, you know, the Caregiver Program. And the MBLSP, as well as a couple pro bono law firms, public counsel and also law firm of Paul Hastings LLP, they've created this website uh, that um, you can find out more information about uh, this, this, this class action win. And uh, the website is vacaregiverclassaction.com. Again, uh, it's vacaregiverclassaction.com. And if you can't remember that, just go to nvlsp.org, and uh, they have links to that. But this is really important because this website is a great resource for veterans, severely disabled veterans in particular, and their caregivers, uh, to give them access to the resources and, they, and the information they need uh, to participate in this caregiver support program. It's a controversial program. It was started with great intent by Congress, but its VA's implementation over the last few years has received uh, a lot of criticism uh, due to the thousands of veterans that were denied the program or that they were on the program and then kicked off. And uh, it's an ongoing issue, and fortunately there are some very powerful legal organizations like National Veterans Legal Services Program, as well as some of these pro bono, which means free legal services, these law firms like Public Counsel and Paul Hastings, LLP, and others that have uh, led the, the legal fight. Um, so, again, if you want more information on this, the Caregiver support program, the class action lawsuits. The name of the lawsuit actually was uh, the case of uh, Beaudet versus McDonough, uh, which in April 2021, basically it won for veterans and caregivers the right to appeal caregiver decisions to the Board of Veteran Appeals, which was not a right they had before that. And as a result, without the, um, the check on the VA's decision making through the legal appeal channel, the VA was getting away with just, you know, for, for any or no reason, just denying people or kicking people off this program. That's why checks and balances are so important. That's why appellate courts are important. Um, you just can't put all the power in one entity and think things are going to go right because they're not. All right, uh, let's move on to some, um, some other news. We just got about five minutes left um, uh, in the show. A quick reminder of a topic we've talked about uh, in recent shows. I wanted to uh, mention this again so you can help us spread the word. Two class action lawsuits that affect um, many thousands of tens of thousands of veterans or even possibly hundreds of thousands of veterans that have been uh, discharged from the military with other than honorable discharge characterizations, particularly over the last uh, 20 years. Uh, there are two class action lawsuits. Uh, one for the Army, the Army Reserves, Army National Guard, and that's KennedySettlement.com is the website. It's based on the, wa- the lawsuit Kennedy versus McCarthy. Again, the website is KennedySettlement.com. Very complex. I don't have time to go into all the details, but if you listen to our, our, uh, our archive shows, um, a couple weeks ago, we discussed this. And then for the, um the Department of the the Navy, which includes the Navy and the Marine Corps, there's a similar class action lawsuit that's currently underway. And, uh, it was brought on behalf of a veteran, Tyson uh, Manker. And the website there is uh, MankerSettlement.com, which is M-A-N-K-E-R, settlement.com. So, these are really important um, and i applaud the work of of uh many veteran organizations including the national veterans legal services program uh, the yale law school veterans legal services clinic um, the national veterans council for legal redress and and other law firms uh, that I apologize for not listing them all that have played a role in in these um hard-fought legal victories. And I know those that aren't lawyers may find this just a whole bunch of, of bureaucratic stuff, but, hey, this stands in the way of, of veterans being treated fairly. That's the bottom line. Okay, the last two items of news before we run out of time tonight. I want to mention again uh, the Military Veterans Advocacy Organization, their website, militaryveteransadvocacy.org. They do a lot of great things. Join them and if you can, their dues are very low and, uh, they appreciate your support. So go to their website, militaryveteransadvocacy.org. One of their many projects is the Bill of the Week where they help keep you fall info- informed of legislation that affects, uh, those in the military and also those that are, that served and are now veterans. So go to militaryveteransadvocacy.org, click on the tab Bill of the Week, and you can see every week they highlight one or mil- more bills before congress they summarize it and then they give you a link where you can click and then contact your elected officials that easy it'll take less than 5 minutes to do that to send a message of support it works i've done it and even if you just get a canned answer back from your congressman or woman or your us senators believe me um squeaky wheel gets the grease as the old saying goes they need to hear from people the more they hear the more they're going to focus on these issues so again that's a great website militaryveteransadvocacy.org and that's the bill of the week tab at the top of that page alright the last uh, item they have it's our weekly reminder of an excellent VA program which is designed to help veterans and their families Uh, and That is the VA's Coaching into Care Program. It helps veterans who are having difficulty making that uh, transition from military life back to home civilian life. Um, As veterans and their families know, returning home can be a very tough adjustment, and loved ones can help. That's where this Coaching into Care Program helps. It provides free coaching, not going to cost you a dime, free coaching to help you help your veteran. Give the program a call. Its hours are 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Uh, this, this isn't the same thing as the crisis line. I'll get to that in a second. So the VA's coaching into care number is toll-free, 1-888-823-7458. Again, that's the VA's coaching into care program, free coaching to help you help your veteran get help they need, 1-888-823-7458. Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, in addition to that, uh, there is the Veterans Crisis Line for a veteran who is in any crisis of any kind. could be suicidal. could be any other kind of crisis. Different number, and this is 24-7. This is not the, like, 8 to 8, Monday through Friday. This is 24 hours a day, every day of the year. And the Crisis Line's number is 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Uh, that's important. So help us spread the word on that. Well, it's about time for us to go. I'd like to thank you for listening to all our news and information here on the Veterans News Hour. I'd like to thank our producer at BBS Radio, Mr. Doug Newsom. And tune in next week. We'll have a special guest, Jason White, talking about PTSD issues. Same time, same station. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific here on bbsradio.com, station one, for another edition of the Veterans News Hour. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. Hope you have a great week. Uh, Good night. Thank you for listening to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley. We hope you found this week's program very informative. Be sure to invite your friends and all the veterans you know to tune in next week when we'll have another great show on Veterans Issues. Meanwhile, you can listen to our other recorded episodes on the Veterans News Hour webpage on bbsradio.com. Thanks again for listening to the Veterans News Hour.